Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Back into another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I'm here with my co-host, Dalton Garrett. Man, a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, got a couple things to talk about with college football and the NFL. DG, man, how you doing? Doing good, buddy. Just kind of relaxing, just enjoying my last few weeks of summer uh, before school gets back in the swing of things. I heard that, man. Uh I've just been just been grinding, man. Just been getting after this content and uh, trying to open up some new doors and uh, really yeah. just just trying to get after it. Mm-hmm. I hear you, man. You've been like I just like we just talked about off screen, man. You've been you've been getting after it. You've been killing it, man. I'm 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 happy to be a part of it and enjoy watching you grind and much blood to get to get to where you're trying to get to. So. I appreciate that, brother. Well, tonight, DG, man, I, you know, I know we're big into college football around here, and and we love it, and we eat, sleep, and breathe it, man. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about everything that's been going on with conference realignment and USC and UCLA announcing that they will be moving to the Big Ten in 2024, and now other things have started to, to come in place, fall into place, and, and you're having uh, six teams talk about uh, the likes of Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Oregon, you know, Washington, and so on and so, uh, so, on and so forth, man, uh, talking about leaving. What are your thoughts on USC and UCLA just uprooting from California and going to the Big Ten? Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of weird um... – I saw a guy post a thing the other day on Twitter about it. Just say, you know, like when they're playing Rutgers at, you know, 
eight o'clock in, in the morning on West Coast time. It's like nobody's going to be watching it. Like, you know, like when we think Pac-12, their games are always at, you know, 2.30 our time or 12 o'clock at night, it seems like. But, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I know it's a money grab and it's a big thing. Like, you know, Big Ten's been pretty good the last few years. They've, you know, had teams in the national championship or teams make the playoffs or guys, um, you know, high-profile guys. And obviously, UC, USC and UCLA are big, high-profile schools. But as far as like, I, I don't get the, I, mean, I get the move, and I don't get the move. I don't, I don't get it because it's like you're nowhere near any of the Big Ten schools, and you're on the opposite side of the country. Um, I don't like it honestly, man, because you obviously USC and UCLA are somewhat of a rival, I guess, like because they share, you know, they're both California teams and they're both LA teams or whatever, but. Um, I mean, like you lose it, you're starting to you start missing out on like the rivalries that we've known and come to love as part of college football. Um, I like it in a way. I, I and, and then like I said, like I see why they're doing it. And I, you know, I understand and it makes sense. And then again, I see. I don't like it. And I don't agree 100. percent But you know, obviously, no one's really asking me. But um, I guess I like it just because you know now it's gonna give teams like that, like the brand of USC, the brand of UCLA. Um, I guess maybe a better chance of making the playoffs now because they're in a a better conference. I mean, I, I mean, I know the Pac-12 is a huge conference and they have been for a while, but I don't really know if a Pac-12 team has made the playoffs since Oregon made it um, in the very first year. I mean, maybe they have had somebody make it, but off the top of my head, I can't think. I mean, I know usually we got two SEC teams. Uh, Ohio State's usually been in it. Notre Dame's been in it, or and then obviously Clemson and uh, Florida State. The one time they made it, so it's like. A Pac-12 teams not even made the playoffs, except for you know Washington. I think made it one time, and then obviously Oregon there one time. But um, I don't know, man. I, I like the move as far as like I guess bringing the bigger brand schools from the Pac-12 into more you know more high-profile, better conference with the, the Big 12 or Big 10. But mm-hmm. I also don't like the move because like I just don't think it makes sense geographically. So yeah. Yeah, and and DG, that was my thing the other night when I when I was talking about on the audio only uh, podcast. Man, I, you know, I get where they're coming from. You know, I think it's a move to try to get out of the Pac-12 and try to get USC with this NIL stuff and boosting the money up and everything to get them out into the Big Ten, get them out more in the spotlight, and. You know, now they're going to get Ohio State, you know, every year they're going to get Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, you know, and and I think it just – they were looking for a way to get out of the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 has a – it has a a bad rep on it right now, you know, a weak rep as a conference, and I think they were looking for a way to get out so that they can put their brand in the spotlight – and maybe it will work in their favor for a playoff push, you know. And then I had, you know, my thoughts on like, well, Oregon and USC, that seemed to be picking up a a whole lot of steam as a big-time game out there in the Pac-12. And then you had Oregon and Utah, and it just – it's, it's going to be weird, man. And then, you know, I didn't even mention UCLA and USC and the Rose Bowl and all that. And, you know, that was always pretty big when I was coming up and everything. And then now you're going to have USC 
in Wisconsin in the snow. And it, it's going to be strange. It's going to be yeah. weird. But one thing, one thing, DG, I, I do like about it, okay, is I think this is going to force Notre Dame to have to join a conference, okay? Yeah. That is one thing I do like about it. I think that they are trying to get Notre Dame to join a conference. And eventually you're going to have to either pick the Big Ten or the ACC right now, you know, because it, it looks like we're going to four super conferences. That's what it looks like at this moment. Now, like I said the other night, I, I have bigger plans for – college football because I think eventually it just goes to two conferences. I think they're, they're going to draw a line uh, through through about the, the state of Kentucky across the country and say, hey, uh, you're in this conference and you're in this conference. And like we talked about, it's going to turn into the NFL. But that that's, that's going down the road. But right now, you know, you got USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. And I think Notre Dame – just go ahead and join the Big Ten, man, and that will give you that USC-Notre Dame rivalry. And then, hey, what would we all love to see? Ohio State-Notre Dame play every year? Like, we're getting a taste of it this year, but I want to see it every year. I want to see Notre Dame and Michigan every year. Like, right. I think that's good for college football, man. Yeah. And then, you know, now I hear the SEC – they're targeting like Clemson, Miami, Florida State. I've heard Oklahoma State. I've heard NC State. I've heard uh, Georgia Tech. Like, you know, it's it's all these schools now that, okay, the SEC, now they got to go grab theirs. And then you hear the Pac-12, okay? The Pac-12, now there's six schools out there, like I mentioned earlier. Now they're trying to get into the Big 12. They've sent in their applications to the Big 12 because they say, hey, our biggest brand with USC is gone. All right, so now yeah. we're not really a conference anymore. So let's just jump to the Big 12. What are your thoughts on the Pac-12 just being abolished? And where do you think that college football is headed? Yeah, man. Like you said, I mean, USC is a big brand. UCLA is a big brand. <clears throat> and they've both um, up and left, obviously, the Pac-12. So um, those are your two big money schools outside of maybe Oregon and Utah. And Utah is just now kind of getting in there. Um, and I know, like you said earlier, like Oregon, Utah, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, probably Washington, they've all sent an application to either go to the Big Ten or to the, Pac or to the Big 12. So it's like, you know, the – the Pac-12 is going to become obsolete here soon. And um, which, I mean, in, in, in them joining the Big 12, to me, wouldn't really make a huge difference. I mean, like, because all the teams in the Big 12 are, you know, somewhat out west and they're adding Utah. I mean, obviously, they, they added like UCF and Cincinnati, which are going to be kind of weird. But, you know, outside of those few schools, like most of the schools are going to be from, you know, Texas and west. So it's like it makes a good bit of sense for those schools to join that conference if the Pac-12 is going to, you know, fold like it's looking like it's going to. Because, I mean, there's really nobody else out there that the Pac-12 can pick up brand-wise that's going to bring them, you know, the revenue and the, the TV time they need or the, you know, the respect from around the country for playoff push. I mean, like, who can you add? Boise State? I mean, like, you know, BYU's already gone to the Big 12. So it's like you're not picking up 
those are probably your bigger two schools that aren't part of a conference already. So it's like if you're missing out on those, you, you might as well go ahead and blow up the whole thing. And then as far as like, um, you know, where I think college football is heading, like, like you said, you mentioned the other night, I, I really firmly believe that. I don't know how soon. It may be five years, maybe two years, maybe 15, 20 years. I think eventually it's going to all be one uh, major just league, I guess you'd say, kind of like the NFL is, where you have the AFC and NFC. We're going to have what they might call like the North and the South split right, right in the middle and have, you know, 10, 12 game regular seasons, top six, make it from each, you know, from each uh, conference, whatever you want to call it, division, North, South, which I like it, but at the same time, man, it's like, it gets to be where it's like you're 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 rewarding like media, mediocre teams, which yep. then again you might not be because I mean like hell Alabama might go you know nine and two or ten and one or eight and three or something crazy and they're a really good football team but they just lost to three other really good football teams which I like the thought of like having a you know a twelve team or a sixteen team playoffs with setting up like an NFL type bracket because you are you are given more than just the, the same four teams it seems like every year a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, you could have a team like, for example, three years ago with Florida. I mean, obviously I'm a Florida fan, so I'm going to throw their name in the hat. But three years ago when we had Kyle Trask, like in a normal – in like a, in a, a playoff system like the NFL or even like FCS has, like Florida is probably a top five, six team in the country. Like yeah. Florida went eight and four. When they ended the season after they're not counting the bowl game, was eight and three. And, you know, I lost to Texas A&M by field goal. I lost to LSU by field goal. And then lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game by six. When, Al- when it was the year Alabama was, you know, deemed one of the greatest teams ever. So, it's like mm-hmm. you put a team like that, a Florida team that's eight and three with the weapons we have with Kyle Trask. It's like it gives a team like that, hey, man, maybe one day, you know, we show up this Saturday, Alabama has a bad game, or whoever we play, Clemson has a bad game, and we show up and show out, and Florida makes a run. Or, you know, you have teams like Oklahoma with Kyler Murray, like, that team with Kyler Murray was loaded, but like they just unfortunately were the fourth seed and had to play Alabama game one. Like, mm. or a couple years ago, you know, um, the year that like Georgia and Oklahoma played, like that was one of the greatest college football games of all time, but somebody had to lose because there's only four teams. Well, if you've turned it into a six or eight team playoff just on north and south side, those teams may not even meet up till the second or third round of playoffs. And, and then you can, you know, I know people always, oh, well, you know, that's too many games on these kids. Man, they do some. In, in the FCS and D2, they play 15, 16 games. What we could do is get rid of them stupid cupcake games that nobody watches anyways. You yeah. could go to eight-game conference or whatever you want to call it at that time, division game, you know, whatever they would call them by then, north-south games. And then maybe have like two games where you play – like, you know, if Florida has like an eight-game season where they play all teams in the south and then two of their games are from teams in the north, mm-hmm. you know, just to get some parity in there, like if that's what they did. But – as far as like the four conferences, I, I like it football wise. But like I asked you the other day when we were talking about it on the phone, it was kind of like, how does this affect other sports? Because like college football is a little different because you know, yeah, we have all these you know these other conferences that have their conference tournaments and championship games, and nobody cares about who wins the Sun Belt or nobody cares who wins Conference USA or nobody cares who wins the MEAC or whatever these random conferences we have call are called. And college football doesn't matter, but then you come to college basketball, college baseball, and you have a team like Campbell who wins their their conference. Like they make the tournament because of that, or they, you know, you have a team like Florida Gulf Coast win the Southern Conference in basketball. They make the tournament because of that. How does this affect 
how does this affect that kind of stuff when it comes to the playoff and like NCAA tournaments? Because if you're having all these teams in one conference, like you know, the pack the Big Twelve turns into a twenty team conference and the Big Ten turns into a whatever, 15, 16 team conference. If the SEC brings in out, you know, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina State. Now, as far as it goes with all these like conference tournaments, you only got four major conferences and then all these little bitty conferences are still there. But it's like mm-hmm. how how much of an effect does that have on those schools? And and man, just being as big of a college sports fan as I am, like I mean I keep up with sports just pro wise, but like if my team, I guess I'd say the Yankees are my baseball team, if they don't win the World Series, man, like I don't I don't care. I mean, I just enjoy watching baseball. If, you know, obviously it's fun if they win. But like, I'm not like some of my friends who are Braves fans who last year, you know, they were living and dying by every single pitch. Yeah. But when it comes to Florida baseball or Florida football or even Florida basketball, like that's what I enjoy the most. And I just really hope this all this realignment and all this NIL stuff and everything that's going on in college football right now, I really hope it doesn't take away from the part of college sports that we all love as fans. So I like like I said, I, I totally understand and somewhat like the the idea of all this realignment stuff, but then also to a degree, you know, as far as baseball and basketball and stuff like that are concerned, I don't really like it because you're getting rid of some of your major like rivalries. Like, you know, what if what if I don't know Miami leaves the ACC and comes to the SEC, but Florida State doesn't? Well, that's a huge rivalry when it comes to baseball. And now those games, sure, they can still play a three game series, but it doesn't mean anything anymore. Like yeah. Florida really playing baseball every year and playing three game series. Is it intense? Absolutely, but it doesn't mean anything. Like. Florida can get swept first three games of the season by Miami, and it doesn't make a difference whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. so it, to me, like, you're going to lose out on rivals. I mean, like, even with, like, Oklahoma State and Texas, like, it's kind of funny. Like, they, they they got way out ahead of moving conferences, and it's like everybody kind of forgot about them doing it. But it's like you, you're, you're losing. And obviously, you know, some people might not agree, but, like, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma is a massive game. Yeah, and, no doubt. Yeah. I feel like for the last three or four years, maybe longer than that, that game is – it's always the last week of the season, and it has meant something every single time for, like, the last four or five years. Like, the winner – you know, before they added their conference championship game, the winner of that game won the conference. Yeah. Or the last few years, the winner of that game goes to the Big Ten or Big 12 championship. Or, you know, that game just has so much on the line. But now it's like, hey, do they even – now that Oklahoma's coming to the SEC, are they even still going to play each other? Like, if they do – Sure, people in Oklahoma are going to give crap about it, but college football fans like me and you who don't care one way or the other who wins between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, it doesn't make a difference anymore because now it's like – because, you know, sometimes, you know, let's say Auburn's sitting in that five spot and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are four and three and four or four and six. We're like, well, hell, like, who do I want to win? Because, like, if they win and Auburn wins today, like, that affects us. But mm-hmm. now it's like if they're not in the same conference, who cares who wins that game? Like, Oklahoma and Auburn are going to have to play each other before Oklahoma and Oklahoma State would play anyway. So it's like – Yes, it makes sense that all these teams are realigning, but it's like you're also going to lose out on those rivalries. Yes, they could still obviously play, but outside of the actual city of Oklahoma, you know, the, the country, the state of Oklahoma, and like, you know, Bedlam and Norman, like yeah. those two cities outside of that, no one's going to care about that game anymore because it doesn't mean anything as far as the national landscape is concerned. Yeah, man. And, you know, a couple years ago, DG, I was texting some people and, and, I was telling them, I was like, hey, you know, college football, I don't know if you know this yet, but it's headed to 20-team conferences, and they're going to do super conferences. And everybody was, like, laughing at me and stuff. They are like, nah, man, it'll never get like that. 
And here we are, man. It's uh, I think, like you said, I think it's going to get up to about 24 teams a conference, maybe 28 teams a conference. I really do. I really think that. And I think it's going to be, like you said, like eight teams, maybe, you know, whatever. I think they're, I think they're really wanting this to work out. So it'll be a 16 team playoff. And I think they're going to take eight from one side, eight from the other. And they're eventually just going to turn it into a 16 team playoff. And, you know, I think they're going to do, like you said, they're going to cut the season down, maybe a game or two. And you're going to play like a, you're going to play like a, a nine game uh, conference schedule. And then the, the maybe you're going to have like two or three games where the teams that you didn't play in your conference, you're going to, you're, you know, you're going to, um, like, like you're going to go on the other side and play teams from the other conference. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you're going to have to have like an Auburn and Minnesota end up playing, you know, something like that, or like a, a Florida and Wisconsin. And those are going to be your other three games. And, you know, I picked up this gig uh, covering South Alabama, man. And, and somebody asked me on Twitter the other day, they were like, well, what do you think happens to South Alabama and schools like that, like App State and, and, and the Sun Belts and, and the smaller guys and everything. And I said, well, you know, I just think that we're to a point where it's it's kind of you know their group of five and they're they're not big TV so to say you know like a bunch of people were pissed off that Cincinnati got into the playoffs and because they looked at them as a group of five school and you know I I just think it's to that point where uh, you want 16, 16 teams of the powerhouse names and everybody else can go get lost. And so basically, like I said, they're going to do a 16-team playoff, and then I think for the smaller uh, group of five conferences and those teams, I think they might put together like a little NIT tournament or something like that, you know, uh, yeah. let those teams battle it out in their little domain, if you if you want to say that. And uh, I think that's the way college football is headed, man. I really do. I think it's headed towards an NFL-type feeling. And uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. You know, I, I think that this is to try, like I said earlier, is to try to get uh, 16 teams in a playoff. It's to try to get Notre Dame to join a conference. And ultimately, it's a money grab. Like we always talk about, it's a money grab. And I think at the end of the day, the NCAA is going to disappear. And I think this is one step closer to making that happen. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think these kids and these coaches and stuff want to be around the NCAA anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, that's my take on it, man. That is my take. And I'm just, uh, you know, I saw a Joel Klatt tweet the other day, and he said, hey, if you're in the SEC and the Big Ten, you're feeling good about your chances right now with college football. If you're outside of the Big Ten and the SEC, you better start looking to hop in one of the two. So uh, there's there's a lot that's about to happen, man. I really I really believe that. I think there's a lot that's about to go down, and we just haven't seen it yet. Maybe it maybe it happens in the next couple of weeks. Maybe it happens uh, next off season. But I think there's definitely something about to pop off in college football. Yeah, I think I think I think the thing that's kind of weird to me is like I know obviously you said earlier you think 
like Notre Dame should join the Big Ten for football. But it's like, yeah, it makes sense because, like, we want to see those brand names, Notre Dame, Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame, USC now. But it's like Notre Dame's in the ACC for every other sport they have. Yeah. And so it's like, why why would you not just join the ACC? Like last year, whatever, two years ago, they played in the ACC just because I guess it was more convenient. But it's like, why all of a sudden would you – let your football team play in the Big Ten, Big Ten and keep every other sport you have in the ACC. It's like that's that's another thing that's just kind of weird to me of like how all this works out as far as yeah. who and what conference they go to and why they go to that conference. And but like you said, we'll have to see, man. This can happen next week. This can happen next all season. This can happen five, ten years from now. Like yeah. it's just going to be a process. It just takes time, I think. Well, DG, man, moving on from the college football talk, there was some meat and potatoes that went down today, brother. There was a, a big trade in the NFL. We all know that the Cleveland Browns signed Deshaun Watson to the fat contract that he got, and Baker Mayfield with the turmoil in the offseason, he said the other day he, he had a camp in Norman, and they asked him, hey, are things repairable with Cleveland? And he said – Absolutely not," he said. "We're done," and he said it would it would take a real heart to heart to repair those things. But I think it's best that we just both move on. And today they moved on, my friend. Baker Mayfield has been traded to the Carolina Panthers. DG, how do you feel about this, man? I know uh, you know we're we're big Baker fans, and and we back him a hundred percent, man. I wanted your thoughts on this. Yeah, man. I, I um I thought you know I, I think. A lot of people kind of figured either, you know, uh, Carolina or maybe Seattle uh, were the two landing spots for him potentially if he was to leave Cleveland. Um, yep. I think Cleveland was honestly trying to hold on to him as long as they could because, you know, no one knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. It's going to be funny when I saw a thing earlier. It's like they're paying, they're going to pay $10.5 million for Baker Mayfield to play for the Panthers and they're going to be paying Deshaun Watson, wherever in the hell it's $205 million to be suspended for a year. So it's like, it's kind of crazy, man. Um, I, and I saw something earlier talking about if you'd asked the Browns or if you'd asked the Panthers, I think it was three or four years ago, that they were going to have the number one and the number three pick from that uh, 2017 or 2016 draft, whichever one it was with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, they're going to have both of those guys on their team in five years. Like, what would they say? And, you know, obviously some people are like, oh, that'd be a good thing. Some people, oh, well, you don't need two top three quarterbacks. That means one of them's not doing anything. And, uh, yep. man, I. Obviously, I've been a Baker Mayfield fan since he was at Oklahoma. Um, I just anybody who knows me knows I'm all about the guys who are cocky and know know they're good. And I, I loved how confident he was. And you know, I know he rode a lot of people the wrong way with some of the things he did. But man, I was a huge fan the whole time just because it was kind of more of obviously him being a walk on. He was out there to prove himself right, and he he obviously did it. Um, you know, won a Heisman Trophy. If he had a just a, any bit of a defense, probably would have won a national championship. Um, obviously goes number one. No one expected him to go number one. Goes number one. Um, and I mean, it's honestly, in my opinion, man, it's kind of a shitty thing that Cleveland's done. I mean, like, the dude comes in first year, like, everybody's kind of hyping him up. Tyrod Taylor starts at the beginning of the year. Eventually, Baker Mayfield takes over. Mm-hmm. I think they win like four or five games with Baker Mayfield. Then he comes out the next year. They make the playoffs. They absolutely beat the dog crap out of the Steelers' first game of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Then, Shit, they're two plays away from beating the Chiefs. Yeah, that year, man. Like if if Patrick Mahomes don't do that crap where he just turns around and throws it as far as he can and hopes you got somebody catches it, they beat the Chiefs. Like Baker Mayfield played out of his mind. You know, it's like mm-hmm. then he gets hurt, 
And he obviously this past year, you know, we had our COVID season. Last year, man, I think he played nine games, and out of those nine games, five or six of those games, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt or both were not playing. Like, mm-hmm. they were a, you know, a play-action heavy team. Like, obviously, you know, you need a quarterback that can spread the ball down the field. But when you're playing with a torn April, man, like, even if it is your yeah. non-throwing shoulder, like, it takes a lot to throw with you. you even though, it, you know, it doesn't look like it, you're using both shoulders to throw it. And, like, you're taking hits and, like, if your left side of your body's hurting, it's probably going to make your right side of your body's hurting because your right side's compensating for the left side. Yep. And then, you know, Nick Chubb's one of the top three, four running backs in the NFL, depending on who you're talking to. Him. I think he's probably second or third, you know, behind Derrick Henry and maybe maybe second. I mean, hell, who knows? But it's like you play without him. You play without Kareem Hunt for a little while. You don't have a true number one receiver. Um, you're in one of the best conferences in the NFL, and you still go seven and nine. And it's like all of a sudden, oh, Baker Mayfield's not good enough for it anymore. We're going to move on. And sure, man, like when Deshaun Watson was playing, like he was a hell of a player on a crappy team. So it's like, man, hey, he's available. We got the, we think we have the pieces on defense and we think we have the pieces on offense to if we have somebody like Deshaun Watson who, when, you know, he's 100% and when he was able to play, probably the top five quarterback in the NFL, hey, we're going to take that opportunity. But it's also at the same time, it's like you're, you know, you're, you're pissing on a guy who's been the best quarterback you've had in the last 30 years. Like, they had, you know, obviously that te- that jersey they had in Cleveland became famous where, like, 45 lists of names of quarterbacks. And Baker Mayfield, you know, his name was at the bottom of that, but he had kind of paused that line of, you know, terrible quarterback play. And, you know, when a lot of people doubted him. So it's like – it's crazy to me that Cleveland moved on as fast as they did. Understandably so, I guess, with Deshaun Watson being available. But at the same time, it's like, to me, Baker Mayfield is not the kind of guy you want to piss off and, you know, Put a chip on his shoulder because y'all. I think he, he obviously already plays with a chip on. Excuse me, with a chip on his shoulder. So it's like now that chip's just getting a little bit bigger, and he, you know, media is just talking down on him even more. He's stacking them up. Um, I think if he's healthy, man, like it's probably better for him to be in the NFC, man. Because like the NFC outside of what the Buccaneers, Rams, and the Packers, like it's not very strong. You know, yeah. like I mean, I guess the 49ers, but no one knows who the quarterback's gonna be like. Yeah, the 49ers are a good team, but they're not going to win Super Bowl with Jimmy G. And no one knows how good Trey, no one knows how good Trey Lance is going to be. So it's like, you know, Aaron Rodgers is stud. You know, um, Tom Brady's going to do his thing. And you know, Matthew Stafford's going to be good. Those are the only three teams in the NFC that right now you can say, hey, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, like Cardinals. Well, I should have started eight and zero. They did. They barely made the playoffs. You know, uh, the Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins could show up. Should could be terrible. The I mean, who else? Saints defense, fantastic. Yeah. How good is Jameis going to be? Like, we don't yeah. know. And it's like, not only is he going to an NFC, there's a conference that's a lot weaker. He also went to what someone with a weak division. Like, yes, you yeah. have Tom Brady, but that's all you have. You have Tom Brady, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, and now Baker Mayfield. In my opinion, Baker Mayfield is probably the best, second best quarterback in that division already. Mm-hmm. And you have, when healthy, maybe the best running back in the NFL. So it's like, yeah. He's not going to a team that's just terrible, and they're just kind of like, oh, wait, we're giving the Baker, we'll get Baker Mayfield to them because they need a quarterback, but they're going to suck anyway. Like, no, he's going to a team that, if healthy, if he plays to his potential, can be really good. So, I'm a huge fan of the move, man. I'm obviously a big Baker Mayfield fan, and I'm hoping he goes out and just proves proves Cleveland to just look like a bunch of idiots and just, you know, goes out and puts on a show. And I saw earlier that they played Cleveland week one. 
Yeah, fantastic. If he just scores a touchdown, just grabs his nuts like he did against Kansas, <laughs> and points, points at everybody he can. I don't know if the game's in Cleveland or if it's in Carolina. In Carolina. Well, I'm finding somebody that has something to do with Cleveland. If it's like the owner, the GM, I'm pointing at them. Possibly even giving them the bird. I mean, like at that point, who cares? If they find you twenty thousand dollars, hey, whatever. <laughs> hey, so DG, here's my thing with it, man. Before we before we wind this thing down tonight, um. My thing with this trade and and everything that happened with Baker in Cleveland, right? You know, you touched on the injury situation and how he got done wrong in both of our opinions, you know. We agree on that. My thing with this is, man, there's a quarterback in Houston, and he is going through all of this legal trouble, and more and more women come out. And now I, I what's the count up? DG, what's the count up? I think it's like twenty. I think it's like twenty six, and like twenty four of them have like, um, or he's there's twenty. Maybe it's twenty six. He settled with twenty two, or there's twenty four, and he settled with twenty. I don't. It's something weird. Like I know there's like two or three that haven't settled yet. All right, so that means you have a problem, dog. That means you have a problem. All right, you have, <laughs> yeah. um, you are, um, unstable somewhere. Okay, and. You need help, and hopefully, you know, Deshaun Watson has received all the help he needs and everything, and uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, all the victims and everything, you know. I mean, it's just it, – it, it's it's trash to me, man. And it made Cleveland – like, it made the organization get the bad rep again, man. Yeah, and, like you finally kind of gotten out of the dumpster, and now you're right back in it. Yeah, like like you crawled out and people are rooting for you again. And they're like, hey, man, you know, you see people – I see people down here in Mobile, Alabama wearing Cleveland Browns jerseys. And I'm yeah. like, dude, like, you know, that's awesome to see. And now you go and sign Deshaun Watson to a five-year, $230 million, all right, fully guaranteed, DG, fully yeah. guaranteed, okay, and that is forty-six million dollars a year. That's more. That's he's the highest paid quarterback, and he's not even. I mean, right now, I mean, obviously, when he was playing, maybe he was top seven. Yeah, there. I mean, like right now, man, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. Like, there's so many guys you take over him that aren't making anywhere near that kind of money. Yeah, it's insane, man. And and you give him five years, two hundred thirty million, with all the legal trouble that he has going on right now. And you look at Baker Mayfield, and you say, "Hey, we're just going to throw you to the, we're just going to throw you into the dumpster, man. We're going to throw you to the fire. We really don't care about you, even though you've acted the right way. We know you had off the field trouble at Oklahoma, but you grew up, and yeah. Dude, you he's know." Maybe the- Outside of Peyton Manning, he's probably the best quarterback to ever make commercials in NFL history. <laughs> oh, that Susan in the book club, man. I'm uh, saying, like, like now, like, does he just move? You know, is he? They got to, they got to make a, a, a commercial of him moving to Carolina, like to his new home. Like that has to be a commercial. Oh man, uh, yeah, he's got it going on, DG. And my thing with him, man, is yeah, he showboats and stuff. But I, you know, I'm with you, man. I like the cockiness and stuff. Yeah, but. To me, man, it just puts a bad rap on Cleveland once again that you pay a guy like that, and now you don't even know if he's going to play. So guess what? Yeah. You just traded Baker Mayfield to the Panthers, and the Panthers got better, 
And where are you at? You don't know right now because you don't. You're probably not going to have a quarterback this year. They're saying uh, a year suspension. It could be eight games. But let me tell you something about that, DG. If you suspend Calvin Ridley for gambling on football, bro, you got to you got to suspend Deshaun Watson, dog. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't even know who their back, who their other quarterback is. I want to say it's Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, so they have Jacoby. So they have Jacoby Brissett, which I mean, hey, he's serviceable, but it's like. You just got rid of a guy who took you to the playoffs. Obviously, you thought you were going to have Deshaun Watson, but like, man, you're going to throw out Jacoby set against the Bengals who have Joey B, or yeah. the Ravens who have Lamar Jackson, or I'm not going to say the Steelers they got Mitch Trubisky, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not throwing Jacoby set into that, you know, what I'm saying? and expecting to win. Exactly. Like, the AFC is loaded quarterback wise. Like, those two, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, might be what. Three, four, maybe four and five, in just in AFC alone. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I think Josh Allen is so far above and beyond everybody else in the NFL right now, and maybe that's a bold take, but like, they're so, like, and then and then you just added Russell Wilson to the AFC, so it's like the AFC is so stacked right now, quarterback wise, and now you got rid of Baker Mayfield. By no means am I saying Baker Mayfield was in that top three echelon of AFC quarterbacks, but he's damn sure better than Jacoby Brissett. It's like. And, and it sucks because, like, I saw you know I saw that same video you saw when he was at that camp the other day. And he was talking about how you know he has no ill will towards the city of Cleveland. Like he said, like, me and my family love the fans. We love the city. Like, but mm-hmm. you know, ownership and me just you know no longer got along and no longer had a right relationship. So it's like, hey, I'm out. I'm too good of a quarterback to sit here and let these people ruin my career. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's you know, that's how I feel. It's the same feeling, man. And and I hope Baker goes and and week one, man. He he, I hope he drops forty on him. All right, and uh, I would love to see. You know, I, I think I think Dalton uh Dalton put in our group chat a while ago uh, a picture of the of the Lombardi being being hoisted up, and I would absolutely love it, man. If if Baker could get get the Panthers to the Super Bowl. I, you know, I'm not saying this year, but if he could eventually get them to the Super Bowl, man, and and maybe make that happen, that would be uh, that would be special, man. I'm really – And, dude, what's crazy is, like, before this trade-off happened, like, a lot of people had the Panthers projected, you know, top five, top six pick. It's like, hey, you know, like, sure, what if what if the Panthers go, I don't know, six and 11, which obviously maybe is not what they want, but six and 11 probably gives you a top 10, 12 pick. Dude, there are some flat out dogs coming out of this year, wide receivers. Like, yeah. and you can go get one and add that to what you already have. Especially like ideally, I mean, you hope Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy for once, but it's like you go six and eleven, man, you're in the running for I mean, I doubt he falls that far, but Jackson in Jigma or Jordan Addison or Jermaine Burton, like or Keishawn Butte from LSU, like that's four receivers that probably aren't gonna go all in the top twelve. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're gonna get a star wide receiver if that's what you end up needing, and it's like, I mean, hell, we don't know. They might go eleven and six. I mean, that'd be great too because obviously they don't need any help. But it's like, like you said, man, I, Cleveland to me, to me, Cleveland got worse, and it's. I think also on top of the fact that they signed John Watson this massive deal and kind of just said the hell with Baker Mayfield, that's obviously gonna stack a chip on his shoulder. But I think now that he, you know that he saw the day, hey, I got traded for a fifth round pick. I was a number one pick in the draft four years ago. Took this team to the playoffs. Who had they hadn't even won a game in the last. They had won like three games total in four years. Mm-hmm. We go to the playoffs and you trade me for a fifth round pick. 
like you're the dude already plays with a massive chip on his shoulder just because he always went through through college with walking on, transferring, walking on again, taking somebody's spot, mm-hmm. being told he was too little, being the number one pick, winning the Heisman, and now you're gonna trade him for a fifth round pick. Like, come on, man! Like, you're just adding more fuel to the fire. And I, like you said, man, I hope to God. I don't even care if they don't beat me, even if it beats Cleveland ten to seven. Mm-hmm. Beat them. Just be, just beat them and say, hey, look, this could have been you. Like we could, I could have helped you guys, but instead. You thought this guy who's doing all this stuff outside of football that's quite frankly just disgusting and sick. You thought he was better than what I could provide, what I've provided for the city for the last four years. You know what? Hey, good riddance. Hell with you guys. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you, DG. I'm right there with you, man. I agree 100%. And DG, man, uh, I loved I loved both of your takes on those two topics, man. I, I loved it. You know, I agree with you. I feel like I agree with you uh, majority of the time, and uh, and that's why I love doing this podcast with you and my brother, man. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun, and and uh, hopefully we can keep growing this thing, man. For sure. Hey, we got this all these sponsorships going on. We probably never know what we might have under our here one day. You never know. That's a fact, man. That's a fact. Well, DG, man, I appreciate you joining me tonight, and uh, maybe we can do it sometime again real soon. And uh, yeah, bro, for sure, sounds good. Yeah, man. I hope you have a good night. You too, boss. See you later, man. All right, brother. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 